in the league if you looking for talent. LSU going hard, but we beat Alabama, then we going out to Florida. Drown the Gators, everybody getting bucked when we step in the stadium. This is LSU anthem, you know it's a hit. You don't know another rapper two step like this. See me screaming out the window, yelling purple and gold. I'm an LSU fan, girl, you know how we roll now. T.A. Live. What's up? We are here. We are here. What is up, guys? Welcome to episode number 36 of the Tigers Avenue. Super excited for tonight's show, especially for Memory Monday, because Memory Monday is just a lot of fun, isn't it, Bob? I mean, it's just a lot of fun. So y'all be sure to be thinking on that. Tonight's Memory Monday, by the way, most jaw-dropping moment, in your opinion, in your lifetime as an LSU Tiger in LSU sports. We are without Reagan tonight. Reagan was supposed to be here tonight, but apparently he's running sound for some, like, play or something, Bobby. I don't know. Maybe you can explain that to me. Yeah, it's part of our class. He has to go up and do a play, has to run the sound system. I kind of lucked out in that class. I got to do props. (laughs) I don't have to go like two or three times. It used to be there all week. So So we are without Reagan tonight, but that is okay. We are welcoming Bobby, our producer. If y'all did not know, we do have a producer. Nonetheless, though, we've got Bobby here with us tonight. He's going to share a few of his opinions just on the spring game as we're quickly approaching the spring game. And he is also going to be sharing his opinion on Memory Monday. But first, we've got to get into just a little bit of a preview. I'm going to share my thoughts on the baseball team. I was not able to be on the show the first segment on Saturday night. And then we're going to do a preview a little bit of the Missouri matchup of the Missouri series this upcoming weekend. As most of y'all should know by now, it is a Thursday, Friday, Saturday night weekend series. I'm going to be at the Friday night game. And I got to be honest with y'all, I might have an extra ticket. So we might possibly be doing a TA giveaway, maybe. And somebody can come to the game, wish your boy, Zach, and watch the Friday night LSU baseball game versus the Missouri Tigers. I'm going to be down there this weekend. I'm super excited about that and to be able to get to go to the baseball game. But I'm really excited about the spring game. And we'll get into that here in just a bit. But LSU baseball. So I want to share something really quickly on this past weekend. Reagan mentioned it. He said, you know, Zach was right. And I I hated to be right on that. You know, I I made a tweet after the Mississippi State series, and I was like, hey, let's pump the brakes. This is this is awesome. This is exciting, but we are we are coming into a buzzsaw this next weekend. And I said that because Arkansas lost their series against Florida the weekend that LSU swept state. And so I knew coming into that weekend series, Arkansas was going to be hungry. They were going to want to win that series, not only sweep, but they were going to want to win that series And it was at home. LSU was coming off a high in sweeping Mm -hmm. state. And so I just, I don't know. I had that feeling like, ugh. And of course, we saw what happened whenever LSU played Auburn at home. You know, they lost the series. 
you know, we but coming off the Florida series, we were like, okay, here we go. We're turning around. So we've seen kind of a roller coaster ride so far for this baseball team. And I got to be honest, Bobby, I think that's what we're going to kind of see this year because not only is it happening with LSU, but it is happening in all of SEC baseball. Like, if you look around the conference, there are a lot of teams that are sitting around 500. I mean, Tennessee is the outlier. Tennessee is the team that is really just running away with the thing. And, like, they just about already have the SEC regular season championship, regular season title locked up because they are running away with it. Now, Mm -hmm. Bama did get one from them this past weekend, which was awesome, even though it was Bama. (laughs) And I hated to see Bama do that. You know, I hate (laughs) for them to be (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, there's a lot of teams sitting around 500. And so, you know, for LSU baseball to get swept, it hurt. But when you actually look around the conference, you're like, oh, okay, they're they're not that bad. Personally, I know this past weekend was a was a downer. It, it was. It sucked because for me, I I didn't think they were going to win the series, but I was hoping they would come away with one. And if they come away with one, you're like, okay, I'm I'm feeling okay about that because, like I said, LSU had a lot of things stacked against them going into that series, but. If you win one, I think you come away happy. So coming into this weekend, you are playing a team that is not good. In fact, they are tied for dead last in the SEC for record. They're 5-10 and ten on the season in the SEC conference. They're tied down there. I think it's with Kentucky and with Ole Miss, surprisingly, Bobby, a team that a lot of fans, a lot of you know experts were picking you know, near the top of the SEC, and they are sitting at tied for dead last right now in the SEC conference is the Ole Miss Rebels, and Missouri's down there. So this is a series that you have to win. And I'm sure LSU fans, they want to see what this Tiger team could do with a inferior opponent at home because – They've struggled in the past while they've been at home. It's been really strange. The two series that they've won was on the road. The three series they lost, they, two of those were at home. And, of course, they lost to Arkansas this past weekend. Mm-hmm. But they need to win this series. They need to. Like, you have to win two. And for me, I want to see them sweep this series. Mm-hmm. Sweeping this series would go a very long way, not only just for this baseball team's confidence, for the morale, but it would go a really long way also for them in the standings because you really need to be above 500 in the SEC, I think, somewhere above 500 in order to host a regional. I'm not talking about be a, you know, be a super, super, you know, one of the top eight seeds and host a super regional, but if they want to host a regional in Baton Rouge, the first round of the NCAA tournament, they need to be somewhere above 500 in the SEC. And so I'm hoping that's where they can get. There's a lot of tough games, a lot of tough series ahead. You know, you still got to go to Tuscaloosa. You still got to go to Nashville. You still got to host Ole Miss. So you've got Missouri this weekend. There's still a lot of games out there that are really tough. But they're games that are very much winnable. Ole Miss looks like a very winnable series now. You, you get them at home, and they're dead last. You're playing the, another team this weekend that's dead last in the SEC. Vanderbilt is sitting at below 500 right now in the league. 
You got to go to Nashville. That game, that series looks more winnable now. The Bama series, they that actually looks less winnable now. You know, <laughs> whatever you're going into this this season, that looked like a series that you, you pretty much had locked up. But they're playing really good baseball right now, and so that seems like more of a tough series. So LSU baseball, we could. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. Like we know what the problems are. It seems like at this point. Like, you're just going to have to accept what this LSU baseball team is. And Jay Johnson said itself, Reagan, Reagan mentioned this on our last podcast, like, they're going to stick with what they got. Now it's just a matter of, all right, how are we going to work with what we got? How are we going to – let's figure out what we can do with this team, okay? So, you know, I have confidence in this team because, again, the pitching – the pitchings look good. I mean, Bobby, they're, they're top – I think they're 40th in the country, which is not bad. That's good. Like out of almost 300 teams, you're 40th in the country in ERA. Like you, you're having a really good season on the mound compared to what a lot of people thought they were going to get out of this pitching staff coming into the season, and they've performed and and they have exceeded expectations. Obviously, we know the fielding has been what has been the biggest letdown. So this team, they have to figure out the formula for themselves. Right, they have to figure out their identity. I still think they're trying to figure out their identity. Right, I mean, they know they can hit the ball, but this past weekend they struggled. They struggled with the offense. I mean, they scored two runs. I think it was two runs on on Saturday. Correct me if I'm wrong, Bobby. And then they they didn't get any runs at all on Friday night. I mean, that's unacceptable. With this lineup, they have got to score runs. And I've said this before on the podcast. I'm going to say it again. This team, knowing what it is and knowing the fielding issues, you're going to have to outscore opponents. And so that means you are going to have to hit the baseball. And you're going to have to get the, hit the baseball in a timely manner. When you have guys on second and third, two outs, you've got to hit the baseball. And they've shown glimpses of that. Like when we've we've seen when this team is really good offensively and they can smash the baseball. It's been really exciting. Let's get to some of these comments. Justin Broussard, Zach, we're going to have to meet up at the game Friday. Justin, bro, I'm de- Justin, I have an extra ticket. I might be doing a TA giveaway if I'm not able to have, bring anybody with me. I'm still trying to figure that out because there might be some, some guys that are potentially coming with me, but I don't want to go down all the way to Baton Rouge by myself. I mean, who wants to go all the way down to Baton Rouge by themselves, right? I mean, I want to have fun. I want to have a blast. So we might be doing a TA giveaway and seeing who potentially – is going to the LSU-Missouri baseball game with me. So, anyways, let's get some other comments. Bo Landry, it seems like we fixed one problem and another one occurs. Bo Landry, I think it's more like you take one step forward and then you take two steps back, like, because they're having the same problems. Like, they're continually having fielding issues. They're continually having issues where they're not hitting the baseball in a timely manner, where they're not getting clutch hits. But then you see other times where their fielding is great. Or or their or their hitting is clutch. I mean, y'all seen our tweets. We've we've text we've tweeted out, you know, in certain ball games we said that's clutch. Like that's kind of become a thing for me. A big criticism for me against on this baseball team is timely hitting. And whenever we've seen these players step up and hit the ball and make timely hits and have great at bats in clutch situations, we've tweeted it out. Even with the pitching, we've been like, hey, that's clutch, Riley Cooper. Hey, that's clutch, Trey Morgan. That's clutch, Cade Doty. That's clutch, Dylan Cruz. And so I'm going to continue to do that. That's going to be a theme for me during these baseball games. And so just to recap all this, this weekend 
is very winnable. It is very winnable, Bobby. And this weekend, you you have to win the series. You have to win the series. If you are expecting or if you want to host a regional when it comes to postseason play, this weekend is huge for you. You need to sweep or at least, at least win two games this weekend. If you don't, it's bad. And you're going to start further separating yourselves from the top of the SEC, and you're going to further hurt yourself for hosting a regional when it comes to the postseason. So, Bobby, what's been what's been your take on this baseball team so far before we transition here to football? I think my big thing is we know Scott doesn't miss. Scott Ward does not miss. And I'm really hoping that's true for, for Jay. I really want it to be true. And, and hearing that the rest of the SEC is kind of having this up and down season really gives me hope that Jay yeah. is is just having like everybody else. And it's and it's his first season at the LC baseball and SEC baseball, and he's sitting at almost five. That's not bad for his first season coming off what Paul did. He's got a great class next year at number Very one. True. Number one, it blew number two out of the water. It's not even close. So, I mean, we have a lot to look forward to. I think we kind of, in the back of my mind, expected uh, – we got some kinks to work out. You know, it's a new coach, new whole new staff, guys coming from different places. I mean, you you got to figure those things out. Now, yeah, sure. there is no excuse for the, the simple mistakes that are being made on the field. I mean, these guys, they're – Around 20 years old, they've been playing baseball since they could walk. I mean, come on, guys. You gotta you gotta make the easy ground balls. You gotta make the good throws. Yeah. It sounds like there's a lack of having fun and a lot of stress that doesn't need to happen. And, and a few weeks ago, maybe that's what was said. Maybe Jay came in and said, Hey, let's just have some fun, play ball. And and we won a few games. Bobby, you used to play baseball. I never played baseball. I, I played basketball in high school and I played football in high school. But you actually played baseball. Like you played competitive baseball. Organized baseball uh, in your in grade school. So you know, from your eyes, what what has been the problem with the fielding? Uh, it, it honestly seems like we need to go back to fundamentals. Uh, and one of my last couple of years playing, that's what one of our coaches did. He, he, we went back to how to throw a baseball. And sometimes you know you have to go back to those things because you want to make the the diving catch and the and the the quick slide and pick on the uh, the shortstop. Sometimes you gotta you gotta go back to dropping the door down. Picking it up, making a good throw. It's all you got to do. And and we're not doing those things. We're not stretching it out at first. We're overthrowing somebody. Just go back to fundamental baseball. Make a good, uh, make a good hit. Make a good throw. Make some good pitches. When you're pitching, let your let your defense work. I mean, that, that's what you got to do. Yeah, I, I don't have to disagree with you there, Bobby. And I think probably we've mentioned this before, but I think an emphasis on the offense has probably taken away a little bit of the focus on the defense and the fielding. And so, you know, maybe that's just something that Jay Johnson has to tinker with and, and realize maybe I need to take a little bit off of focusing so much on the hitting. And I'm sure he has already realized mm-hmm. that now. Let's get to some of these comments here. Bobby, uh, bring up that uh, one by Tunishi. Yeah, where does LSU rank as far as uh, baseball facilities in SEC? LSU seems to be slipping away into the middle of the pack. Ole Miss and AM and Tennessee all are renovating. That's true, Tanichi. I, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. But LSU renovated not really long ago. I mean, Alex Box is not an old, old, super old baseball stadium. Like, yes, you have these new teams that are 
renovating and doing these new things, but it's kind of like a new iPhone, Bobby, right? Like you, you get an iPhone 10 and it's operating. It's great. It works fine. It stays charged the whole day. You know, it does exactly what you need, but then that iPhone 13 comes out and you're like, man, I really want that iPhone 13. It's really shiny. It's got a new design to it. It's really pretty. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of my thought process on it. Tanichi. like, Alex Box is fine right now. It's it's not out of date. It, I've been to their. It was I've been to their stadium. Yeah, like so it. It's not old. It wasn't long ago. It's not old. Like it was. If built. we're gonna do anything, it needs to be the PMAC. I mean. Yeah, I mean we've talked about that. So like, to me, I, I right now I'm not worried about the facilities at Alex Box. Right now I'm worried about Jay Johnson putting together uh, a championship team, and I don't, I don't think it matters what the facilities look like. If you're winning ball games, they're going to come, and we know that LSU fans are always going to flood Alex Box Stadium, especially when they're playing well. Been in a kind of an up and down season so far, but I'm sure they'll put it back together. All right, Bobby, let's get to some football. I'm excited about this, Bobby. We got we got a little bit of some sad news to deal with, and I'll, I'll kind of address that up front, and then we will get right into our spring preview. We will not be doing a show on Friday night for all of our listeners. We are going to go live on Saturday after the spring game. Uh, as most of y'all know, I, pr- I produce AYS, so we're I'm, I'm going to be doing that as well. I'm going to be in that show with Blake. He's I, I'm pretty sure he's going to be doing a post-game spring game show. Um, so I will be in that. Ours will probably be later on in the day. I'll probably be driving back from Baton Rouge or something like that. I don't know. I, I might decide to hang around and chill out and, and hang out with the Balcony Bengals or whoever's in Baton Rouge at that time. We'll see. But um, we are going to be doing it on Saturday. So we're going to go ahead tonight and preview the spring game. But before we do that, Bobby, we did have some pretty important news today. Corey Connor announced that he is transferring from LSU, and not long after we found that out, we got word that he is transferring to Cincinnati. So it seems like, not seems like, it, it is clear that uh, these wheels have already been in motion for Corey Kiner. It kind of shocked me a little bit to see that it was Corey Kiner that transferred because he was a guy that really last year he got a lot of PT. He got a lot of playing time. I mean, they kind of relied on him a lot early, especially when TDP had not gotten going yet. Of course, TDP took over, really. After the Florida game, it was all TDP, right? But Corey Connor got a lot of valuable playing time and was really their number two back uh, this past fall. And so it kind of shocked me a little bit to see that Corey Connor was the one to enter the transfer portal. I knew that once we got John Emery back healthy and, and he decided to come back, and I knew that once Noah Kane was on board and they were going to bring him uh, into this running back room, I figured that we were going to see somebody transferring. I, I didn't expect it to be Corey Connor, though. To be honest, to be completely brutally honest, I thought you were probably going to see Trey Bradford re-enter the transfer portal. I know he was at LSU, then went to Oklahoma, then went back to LSU. But I, I thought maybe he would enter back into the transfer portal for a third time, or that it would be Armani Goodwin because Armani Goodwin was a guy he got he did get some playing time and he got some some reps last last season, but not near as much as Corey Connor did, and not near as much obviously as TDP. 
And obviously right now we see that John Emery, he is being featured as RB1, it seems like, here in the spring. And so it it was kind of shocking to me. But here's what he said. He, He said, I want to start off by saying that I really do appreciate the opportunity that I had to come to, to develop myself like academically and athletically at LSU. I'm so grateful for all the friendships and bonds that have been created during my time here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Thank you to all the staff members who I've encountered athletically and academically. You have helped me to take a step forward in my life. My time as a Tiger has come to an end. I would like to start a new chapter in my life and explore my options to continue my career as a student athlete elsewhere. He basically kind of already told you that he was going somewhere, right? (laughs) Kind of that statement. With this being said, I would like to announce that I have placed my name in the NCAA transfer portal. And then obviously not long after that, it was announced that he was going to Cincinnati. So you hate to see it, but all best of luck to Corey Connor. In, in his career and and his in his time at Cincinnati, we we thank him for his time. I mean, who could forget the stiff arms and and the spin moves and just the way that you know he ran the football so aggressively? It was really 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 awesome and encouraging to watch him run the football for LSU whenever he came. He, he kind of provo- provided like a spark to LSU's offense when he came in, especially there early on in the season in some some mop-up duty and, and even in some some moments where you just needed somebody to step up, he came in and provided a spark to LSU's offense. And a lot of people were vying for him to be to, to be RB1 at a certain point on in the season. But I think you're completely fine when it comes to running back. Like, you're still going to have Trey Bradford. You're still going to have um, John Emery, obviously. Noah Kane's will be coming. You obviously still have Josh Williams as a preferred walk-on. And you have Armani Goodwin, who's looked good. We mentioned it in the last podcast, but he had, he broke off like a 65-70 to yard touchdown run the other day. And so he's been looking really good. So moving on from the transfer portal news and all that with Noah Kane, I'm excited. I'm really pumped up, Bobby, about the spring game. And I want to get to some previewing this spring game, what I'm looking forward to, what I want to see, and we'll get your thoughts on it as well. This has been talked about a lot, but, you know, the gist of it is that the spring game is a glorified practice. Like, it's a, it's a glorified practice. And I realize that there is going to be a lot that is not shown on the field uh, when it comes to Saturday because there's going to be some things that they don't want to, you know, that, that they don't want to get put out there, you know, for other teams to see, obviously. We realize that. But one of the biggest things that I'm looking forward to is, speaking of the running back room, I'm looking forward to seeing the running back room. Now, unfortunately, we we probably we may not see John Emery on Saturday because he's been dealing with the foot issue. I know Brian Kelly says they're expecting to see him back soon. But for me, don't risk it. Don't risk it. Keep him healthy. Let him rest up. Don't, you know, he does not have to run out there in the spring game and re-agitate that injury. Like, I don't want to see that happen. So, for me, sit him. Dude, I don't I don't want to see John Emery in this spring game. I don't expect him to. I don't think they're going to put him in the spring game. But, you know, keep him on the sideline. As much as I want to see him run the football, because I was really looking forward to that. It might be the biggest thing I was looking forward to before the injury. Like, just play it safe. So, but I am excited to see the running back room. Of course, Trey Bradford. Armani Goodwin and Josh Williams are really going to be the kind of the three that you're going to see. But 
But our money good one is really shine. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing him. I'm really looking forward to seeing those dreadlocks flop in the wind, you know, and break off a big run. That'd be awesome. Obviously, the wide receivers. I'm also really, really looking forward to that because, I mean, you've just got absolute studs there. You've got guys all over the field when it comes to wide receiver, right? You've got Chris Hilton. You've got Brian Thomas Jr. We know about Keisha Booty, but he's not going to be in there, obviously, because of the injury. You've got Jack Besh. You've got Malik Neighbors. You've got all those guys. I mean, Jare Jenkins. Gosh, I mean, it's so easy to forget a name, and it's not because they're forgetful. It's just because there's so many guys there, and they're all really freaking good, right? And so I'm really excited to see what the, the wide receivers do because they're just so talented. Now, a group that I'm also really looking forward to seeing because there's some question marks there, and we 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 have filled a lot of spots. You know, Brian Kelly has hit the transfer portal. He's hit the recruiting front, and he's done a really awesome job at filling spots. But a position and a position group that I'm really interested in seeing just because even though we filled the spots, they still got to get on the field and play, and they still got to get on the field and perform, is DB. I want to see – the cornerbacks perform, specifically the cornerback room. You're not going to have uh, Jarek Bernard Converse, obviously, also because of an injury, but guys like Makai Garner, I want to see how he performs. Uh, the the guys that have kind of been in, in the program for a while, like like Radarius, right, like Radar, like I want to see how he does when he's out there. Jordan Tolles has moved down from safety to corner. How does he look in making that transition? So that's one of the biggest things for me is DBs. Obviously, the, probably the biggest thing that everybody wants to see is the Jane Daniels and Miles Brennan competition, right? Because we've we've heard that both have looked really good, right? This day it's Jaden, this day it's Miles, this day it's Jaden, just day it's, this day it's Miles. I don't care what it is, I'm ready to see it with my own eyes because I know there's a lot being released by the media, and I know that there's a lot. Being said about Miles Brennan, I want to lay my own two eyes on it and see how both of these quarterbacks perform. And that doesn't just go for Miles Brennan. It also goes for Jaden Daniels. I'm excited to see this quarterback competition and just the scheme, how they run the offense, you know, what what schemes they run on the offense and the defense. So I'm looking forward to it. Bobby, what are you looking forward to? Uh, I think I think Alley Boy 507 kind of hit the nail on the head is I'm looking for the O-line. You know, can we give the the QB, whoever it is, some protection? Oh, and that was one of our biggest struggles this, this year. Um, not enough time. Uh, also, getting the ball out of the pocket, too, was, was another thing. I mean, quarterback, obviously, is, is one of the big ones. Who's going who's gonna to be QB1? You know, you have Jaden Daniels, who came Arizona State, right? How is he going to perform in the SEC? You know, I know this is just a spring game, but you're going to get SEC guys as well at, at LSU on both sides of the ball. How's he going to perform in, in the pressure of that? Um, I, I think another another big thing is is the is the running back room because you, you have John Emery who's back, and then you also have Noah Kane who's supposed to be a really, really big guy. Um, didn't get to watch him a lot this year, but I've heard that he's very talented. So I'm wondering, you know, I, I would love to see John Emery come in and get that that starting job, I think he he deserves it. And the way he was kind of uh, screwed over last year really sucks. Um, so I'd really like for him to get it. Um, same thing with Miles Brennan. I, I'm I'm a homer because he's been with LSU for so long. 
Uh, I really like for him to be able to um, get the starting job, but I, but I, I also like to see LSU win football games too. So the other thing is in, in our coaching staff, I really want to see consistency because that was one thing last year is we had a, we had a run that was going. We were running the ball really good, and then all of a sudden we, we throw in a off-the-hand play, and it was like, okay, why did we not stick with the run? I mean, obviously that was working for us. Another thing is unity with the guys. Can't, do we have one team, one heartbeat? Because we heard behind the scenes that that wasn't really going on. Are we going to have a one team, one heartbeat? I mean, as cliche as it is, are we going to have guys out there having fun? Because at the end of the day, if you're not unified, you're not going to get anything done. You know, I, I really liked what Allie – Boy did say O line, you know, I am really excited because there's been a lot of hype built around Will Campbell, you know, Cam Wire, you know, one of the guys that re- kind of wasn't expected to be a starter coming into the spring, but he has earned a starting role at the right tackle position. Miles Frazier, there was a lot of hype built around Miles Frazier when he came <laughs> in from the transfer portal. Freshman All American, can he get the job done? Like you said, is this O line going to be able to give? The quarterback, whichever it is in the spring game, are they going to be able to give him time? Another position group, the defensive line. Like, the defensive line looks great, Bobby. You've got Jacoby and Guillory. You've got Mason Smith. You've got Ali Gay. And you've got B.J. Ojolari. And then you've got a lot of the young guys. You know, Quincy Wiggins has has really impressed me this this spring. I mean, the dude looks massive, right? I mean, he, he looks like he's already been in the and in, in the, in the strength and conditioning program for like three years. But I'm really excited to see how this defensive line holds up, you know, how they're able to get – if they're able to get pressure on the quarterback because we've heard here recently that the offensive line has done a really good job against that this defensive line front. And so are they going to be able to get home against this offensive line? We'll see. I think it's another thing too was we saw a few guys, and me and Reagan talked about it because we watched the UCLA game together – was you saw a few guys like they do not look uh, healthy to be out playing football. I mean, they look like they had not went through any kind of strength and conditioning. So that's another thing. Will these guys be, you know, looking like SEC caliber players, um, be be strong enough to go against other SEC guys? Yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point there because obviously with the whole turnover with the staff, like you've got a new, complete new strength and conditioning staff. Obviously, they've been working with these guys, these guys for a few months now. How are a lot of these gonna, guys going to look physically? Are you know, are they going to be physically in shape when they go live action in the spring game? Either way, however the spring game plays out, Bobby, I am pumped. I've never been to a spring game before, Bobby. I've been to some LSU games, obviously, but I've never been to a spring game. But obviously, starting TA, you know, we want to get there. We want to see, our, get our two eyes on it. And I'm really excited to get to be there. Another reason I'm really excited is because we're going to get to see a lot of the, the people that we've been talking to here with TA, the, the, the connections that we've made, people that we've met online on the Twitter spaces. I mean, I see a bunch of the people in here. Ryan Thibodeau, Nurse Court, of course, Justin, Justin Broussard, part of the TA team here. A lot of other guys in here, Bo and Al Landry, Danny Girl, you know, I'm not sure who all is going to the spring game. I, I I believe Nurse Court is. I know Alan Bo Landry are going, but I believe Carl's going. Carl Dunn's in here. I'm just really really excited to get to go and to get to meet some of these people. It's gonna be really cool. It's like we've been talking to them online, like just hearing their voices for months, and now I actually get to see their face. Right? They've seen my face, 
but now we're going to actually get to like go and see them in person. And so that's going to be really cool. Really excited to meet up with some of our Twitter space LSU family, however you want to call it. But let's go ahead. Let's knock out a break, and then we will get to Memory Monday. Five-star hero, your intro and outro music for the Tigers Avenue show. They ain't ready for that LSU. Go check out all his other music on all the major platforms. Don't forget to follow him on Instagram, at Saints Anthem, and at Twitter, at One Nation Doty. Don't forget to check out his Facebook page for all his Saints and LSU merchandise. Five-star hero. Can't get any better than Sarah Klein-Stevens, attorney at law. Her firm focuses on the needs of the elderly and maintaining their dignity throughout the process. Here for you, here for your family. Sarah Klein-Stevens, attorney at law. We are back for Memory Monday. I'm excited. I am excited for this Memory Monday. All right, well, hey, let's go ahead and get to it, guys. The most jaw-dropping moment for you, in your opinion, in your LSU lifetime, what was a play, a moment? It doesn't even have to be a play. It could just be whatever your, your, your heart so desires. What was a moment in your recent memory, in your lifetime, where you were just like, Oh, my, where your jaw hit the floor, and you were like, "Oh my gosh, I cannot believe that just happened!" Holy cow! So, Bobby, I'll go ahead and I'll let you start. You lead us off here with your most jaw-dropping moment for LSU sports. 2018 versus Auburn when we the kick. That won the game. I think that was probably one of my favorites. I remember sitting Cole at Tracy. Old. At y'all's old house, the the TV <laughs> can't update fast enough, so me and you were sitting in the back scrolling uh, ESPN to make sure we won the game. <laughs> we got it, and we knew it was going in. And I, I just couldn't help but to celebrate. Another one for me, I don't I don't know why it was so special, but but last year against Texas A&M, I love beating Texas A&M ever since 2018, and uh, I thought we were going to lose Texas A&M last year, and then Dre Jenkins just stretches it out. Oh, I just I love that. I love in it. the all whites. Oh, it looked so good. It and was then really obviously, clean. obviously, because I, I can't put, I, I can't just have one. I think, yeah. uh, I There's think multiple. Yeah, te- uh, LSU versus Texas in 2019. The whole game was jaw dropping, but the drive right before halftime was the one that I was like, man, Joe is the guy. I mean, he looked this man is the guy. He he looked just like Tom Brady. That he had what a minute, if that, to to get, go down the field and score a touchdown. Yeah. Perfectly laid the ball. I mean, it was awesome. It was awesome. Was that the one where he kind of threw it high to Justin Jefferson? Yeah. And Justin Jefferson Justin went, Jefferson, went up there and got he it. Turned on it, caught it, and I was like, man, that's Tom Brady out there. That's Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> He's the goat. He is the LSU goat. That's, those are those are good ones. So again, there there can't be one moment. There's got to be multiple moments. Like so. I mentioned I, I didn't mention this one, but I'll go baseball since it is baseball season right now. I mentioned this as most like favorite play of all time in baseball, but it also was the most jaw dropping, and it was when Todd Peterson hit a double off the wall. Like, holy cow! A pitcher just came this. in, a pitcher this. just came in, and he just smashed the ball. Like, get, he's like, "You're gonna give me fastballs? All right, smash!" Almost put it over the wall. 
I mean, I was just like, I was fully expecting him to get struck out in three pitches. Fully expecting him to get struck out in three pitches. And they give him one right down the middle, and he smashes it. I was I was like, holy cow. Um, but for me, I think my number one, number one, there's obviously a lot in 2019 that you can mention. I will mention these quickly. You had the play where Joe Burr is scrambling all the way around, and he, he gets the ball to Justin Jefferson, and Justin Jefferson just about houses it. I think he got took he got took down inside the ten maybe, but you know Joe Burrow scrambling around, and then you also have the one that's against Oklahoma, where he was scrambling around, jukes the guy backwards, scrambles over to the sideline, chunks it up. Terrence Marshall had gotten pushed out of bounds. He positioned himself back in bounds, goes up, makes the catch. Awesome. Those are some jaw dropping moments. Like he had already locked up the Heisman, yeah, but. It was like, holy cow. We tend to forget Thaddeus Moss's. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) How could we forget that? Oh, man. Dude, Bobby, that, that, I forgot about that. I honestly did forget about that. In the Bama game, a crucial moment, you know, he toe taps, and then right after that, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire hurdles the entire line and, and jumps into the end zone, which is awesome. And then he spiked the ball. Remember, he, like, spiked the ball, and the rest were just kind of watching, like, didn't call anything. That's a that's a 15-yard penalty in college football. And I think they were just, like, in utter shock that LSU was just beating the brakes off of Bama. <laughs> like, they're beating the brakes off of them, and we're not going to do nothing about it. We had heard all day from, from college game day, history's going to repeat itself, history's going to repeat itself, and it was just – Gun smoking came out, man. It was a good game. I think Absolute Reagan's gonna jump on here and half. give his uh his memory. Also, like well, while we're waiting for him to hop on, I'll give my official jaw dropping moment. I can't remember what year it was, here. but Jarvis Landry in the Arkansas game. It might be the Arkansas game where Travis Durrell had the walk off. Well, it might not have been the walk off, but it was. Oh, oh no. You know, they were at the one yard line oh, and they drove all the way down here. the field. I can't remember what year that was, but it was the play where they threw the ball to Jarvis and both him and the DB were diving and they were like almost at the ground. And Jarvis goes under underneath the DB, reaches around him and grabs the ball and like pins it to both of them and then takes the ball away. They were It was like a dive. 2013, there it is, Ryan Thibodeau. 2013, Zach. Thank you, Ryan Thibodeau. Yeah, probably probably one of the best catches I've ever seen. I mean, I know we look at the Odell Beckham Jr. New York Giants catch, and we're like, holy cow. <laughs> they, they, they were both diving on the ground, and Jarvis reaches up underneath the dude and and gets and, and catches the football somehow. I don't know how he caught it, but it was amazing. All right, Reagan, you're back in the studio. You're, yeah. done, you're done clicking buttons. You're done twizzling knobs. Oh, you're done yeah. sliding sliders. You know, yeah, man. Ho- hope that was fun. So oh, yeah. give us your I mean, jaw-dropping moment. Look here, if y'all want to check out an amazing play, <laughs> uh, the the what is it called? Murder on Orient Express at the Williams Baptist University. Your boys are wow. in sound. So if you want to make the <laughs> BR to Walter Ridge, Arkansas, let's get it. Hey, Murder on Orient Express is a good movie. It, Have you seen not, the movie? Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. A good movie. 
And then they have Johnny Depp in it. I think he's got Johnny Depp in it. It might. Maybe. I mean, it's been a while. Since or Robert Downey but, Jr. I don't know. Maybe both of them. But you want to see a great play, come check us out, man. Uh, really, I'm only doing it for a college credit. I'm not involved in the theaters <laughs> at all. It's just for a college hour credit. And I hardly have to do anything except for push buttons and move the slides, like Zach said. But jaw-dropping moment. Memory Monday. I think I have two. I have two of them. So Bobby referenced the toe tap from Thad Moss. But my jaw hit the floor the first touchdown of that game. When Jamar went up and made Diggs look like a complete fool, and it was an absolute dime pass, it was a dime from Joe Burrow, and we scored in Tuscaloosa like that. And he gets to run up to the crowd holding his arms out like, what's up now, Tuscaloosa? Freaking incredible. Absolutely incredible. The other was, well, actually, I guess I have three. Leonard Fournette, when he threw the dude off his shoulders. Are you kidding me? That was the toughest run I've ever seen. That is the craziest run I have ever seen. Yes. There you go, Ryan Thibodeau. Are you kidding me? And the fact that their safety that week was like, oh, we're not worried about Little Fournette. We're not worried about Little Fournette. (laughs) And then he freaking throws their player off their shoulders. And then you go back and watch the film, and the one who was saying, we're not worried about him. We're not worried about him. Didn't even make a tackle. He didn't make an effort. Oh, my gosh. It was Carried him into the end zone. Absolutely incredible. And my last one, come on. Tyron Matthew, strip sack for the touchdown against Kentucky. One of the most yeah. electric players in the I mean, history. you probably you probably cannot talk about jaw-dropping moments without mentioning Tyron Matthew. hit the floor. I mean, those moments for me are, are some of those most epic moments uh, uh, where I think my jaw really did like, just be like, oh my gosh, that really, that really just happened. And to get off of football, I can't believe none of y'all mentioned this. I can't believe none of y'all mentioned this in the comments or anything. Are you kidding me? The three sixty from Alex Bregman in the in the grass. Yeah. In the college in the college Jaw-dropping. world series. Are you kidding me? That is the greatest. And oh, you know what? You're gonna get me on a rant now. Uh-oh. I've already mentioned this one before. Jared Foster against Texas A&M. That is yeah. the greatest catch in the outfield I have ever seen. That dropping with the game on the line like that, with the game on the line the way it was, I mean, it was two outs, like bases loaded, tie game in the bottom of the ninth in Bluebell. And that dude goes and lays out like I had never seen before. It was absolutely incredible yeah i mean i could i could keep talking about it all on and on and on but maybe you need to throw some of these other guys up we here. will let's let's let, let's throw some comments up go through some of these jaw drop moments and then reagan let's let's get your take on what you're looking forward to seeing in the spring game bro one of the <laughs> almost I, I interviewed i think it was marty smith from sec <laughs> He asked Leonard Fournette about that run against Ole Miss. He said, what are you thinking in your mind? What are you thinking in your mind when you're trucking you're trucking down the field and you see this little gnat try to tackle you? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. 
That cracked me up. That was an awesome moment, too, for sure. Yeah, I think All Bobby's right. mentioned that one. He was like, you know, is that dude still in the turf? Are they still trying to get that dude out of the turf? Yeah, they're taking him out of the turf. On the past yeah. po- podcast. Nurse Court here. Notre Dame Sugar Bowl game was good time, too. Ha-ha, except for saving crap show earlier that same day. Yeah, yeah. What else we got here? There's oh, a lot of man. good ones in here. This is, I mean, this is this is a big time for us right here, is that? This yeah, I mean, for us right here, of course. 2007 BCS game, LSU versus Ohio Jeez. State, and Nola, no tears, but a good time. Absolutely. Huh. I mean, yeah, because like again, first year watching LSU football, and you get to win the see them win the whole thing again. We we mentioned that before, it but it, you know, I mean, it really did one of those solidifying moments for us in becoming. LSU fans. Justin Broussard, I saw that. I thought about this. Yes, sir. Eric Reed interception yes, at the sir. goal line against Bama. You thought the game was over at that point because that was the game where everyone was kicking field goals. Nobody could get into the end zone. And they they have that play. You think you think they're going to have an easy – I mean, they're going to be at the one-yard line, Reagan. They're going to be at the one-yard line, and all they got to do is punch it in. And Eric Reed goes up and takes the ball away. Takes the ball away from him. Third and 17 with the pageant wave. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't you can't not mention that. You can't you can't not mention that. To tell you the truth, there were so many games we literally almost lost under miles. I can't remember all those OMG moments, but I'm old as heck too. Jeez, the almost game that you that you lost. But the Hail Mary to Terrence Tolliver that got you down to the one, awesome play. Jaw-dropping. With, like, Tyron Matthew, it felt like everything went his way. It like did. Everything, everything went Because he way. get what he wants. He, yeah, he get what he wants. what he wants. Right. I mean, it just felt like everything fell for him. Like, like one of the lucky like, – I feel like he's an incredible player, but also one of the luckiest players of all time. Like, how do you get so lucky – like in that moment against Oregon, when you sack, like when you strip the ball out like that and just punch it out, and you turn around and it just bounces in your hands. Like he didn't even have to like reach down and pick it up. He like just turned around and like, oh, here's the ball. Like, Let me know, grab it. Like Yes. I mean, it's incredible. Incredible. The beginning for Tyron and Matthew with me, when I realized like, dang, this this kid came out of nowhere. Was when we were playing the Cotton Bowl against AM before the AM was oh, the yeah. SEC. He made that diving interception. And, and then he, he just took the ball. Him. And then in that one play, yes. he just took the ball from the from the receiver or tied. I can't remember which one it was. And yes. And then you're like, oh, he's got the he's got the football. <laughs> like, what? what? He can happened? do that? He what he can just happened? take the football away? <laughs> like, yeah, he can. <laughs> Pretty cool. <laughs> I'll I'll give you my spring take. Uh what, what I want to Yeah, see. what what are you most looking forward to, Reagan? I mean, shoot, the quarterbacks. Come on, bro. I want to see yeah. how that plays out, we, man. Me and Bobby I want to see Jaden yeah. Daniels in action. Like, I mean, I've seen some of Miles. I mean, I want to see more of Miles. But I want to see how Jaden Daniels is. I mean, I, it's never the same in the spring game because, like, the pressure is not actually real. Yeah. But I, I, I want to see how he handles in-game situations. Also, I, I'm curious as to how this is, wor- is, is going to work because, you know, Brian Kelly said this is not going to be like uh, I think it's in it purple versus white or gold versus purple normally or something like that. But I, I'm drawing yeah. a blank right now. But 
he said it's not going to be like that. It's going to be offense versus defense. So I'm curious as to how they're going to score <laughs> the defensive points because he said defense is going to score according to like stops and turnovers. I'm like, how are you going to, like, how are you going to tally those points? Like, is it yeah, just it's going to be like, interesting. Point? Like, like, like the, the offense gets a touchdown, one point. Like, the defense got to <laughs> stop, one point. Like, that's, I, I actually am kind of curious as to how they're going to do that. But, I mean, yeah, I want to see Jaden Daniels uh, for sure. I think I agree with your point earlier that you made that I, do not play John Emery. Just don't. I, I, there, I think there's no reason to play him at all. No. I mean, as much why as you would want to you see risk him. that? Why would yep. you even risk that for a spring game? It's just not worth it because uh, you want him. You want to have him in the fall playing on Saturdays, um, not you know in April uh, at spring game. So uh, yeah, I would say sit him. Uh, another player that I want to see is Malik Neighbors. Like, Bro, for dude, real. I just. I, I every now and then I just stop and think about it. And I'm like, bro, we got like the best receiving core in the country. Yeah, and people don't. I, I don't think people even realize it. Like we're talking so much about our receivers, about this like th- throughout this spring, and Kayshawn Butte is not even practicing. Hey, like, you, he you is, want you want to hear a hot take? The best receivers in the country. You want to hear a hot take? Let me hear it. Malik Neighbors might be your leading receiver next year. Dude, I wouldn't be surprised, bro. I They're going to – because SEC teams expect Kayshawn Butte. Yes. They expect Kayshawn Butte. They're going to double him. Like, Jack Best, Malik Neighbors, Chris Hilton, I feel like one of those guys is going to end up being your leading receiver. And and, and Kayshawn's going to be Kayshawn. Like, Kayshawn's going to get his. I'm not saying that by any means. Like, I'm not saying he's going to be – he's going to have a bad season, but – I don't know. There's there's a lot, a Bro, lot I like about Malik Neighbors. Kayshawn Butte, Jeray Jenkins, Malik Neighbors, Jack Besh, Chris Hilton Jr., and Brian Thomas Jr. Like that's six guys. Like all six of those guys could start in an SEC somewhere. Like all six yep. of them could. So I, how are you gonna handle all that? I, I mean, I'm just I can't wait to see it. I mean, I mean, the rotation of receivers we're going to have is going to be absolutely relentless. I would not be surprised if you had a year like you did. I mean, look, y'all, I'm not going to say 2019, but your receiving core could could very well be like 2019. I'm not saying the wins will be there like 2019, the championship run will be there like 2019, but I think receiving core for the next two years, like it could be very similar to what we have. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and Terrace Marshall. I mean, you're yeah, deeper. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, Kayshawn Butte, Malik Neighbors, like, like that's it. That's your Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson right there. And then Jare Jenkins could be like your Terrace Marshall. Brian Thomas Jr. could be your Terrace Marshall. And Besh could be your Terrace Marshall. Like, like, there's so many of them that could do things. Like, you could have four that would all, like, it could be better. I mean, not maybe maybe statistically, but I mean, like from a like you said, uh, you're deeper. I mean, it's crazy. They're stacked. They are absolutely they are. stacked at the receiving. Like we have, we will not have problems with the receiving core for the next like two three years. Like you will not have no problem. Ryan Thibodeau, wide receiver corps <laughs> is as or more talented. Yes. I think they're more talented. I do. Like I, I'm talking about as a whole. <laughs> 
as a whole, I know Court's been on that. I think that's in her bio. I'm pretty sure like hashtag <laughs> best for Heisman is in her bio. So that hey, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome, Nurse Court. I mean, shoot, have another LSU player win the Heisman in the last Jeez. three years. Like, I mean, come on, that'd be awesome. That just goes to show how much LSU football has been doing in this last century. Yeah, I think as a whole, Reagan, I think they're better. Now, I think Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, they probably edge those guys. But, I mean, again, as a whole, I think this class, this this team of wide receivers gets the nod. Wide receiver you. I don't think think there's any question about it. I mean, honestly. Like, since 2000, you've had more receivers drafted than anybody. Than anybody. And right now you're sitting with six guys that could start on any SEC. They could; these six guys could start anywhere in the country. Anywhere. anywhere. Some of them anywhere. would be your number one guy. Malik yeah, Abrams like, would be the number one guy somewhere. Yes. Without question. Without. Question. I agree. Jack Besh would probably be easily the number one guy at Vanderbilt. Had he gone to Vanderbilt? Oh, right, let's period. He would be number one. Let's period. I mean, it, it could be it could be an interesting few years. I'm just saying. Yeah, I I do not want to get my hopes up and like think, man, we're about to win a national title. But the talent's there, guys. I mean, it I'm is. just gonna throw it out there. The talent is there. I mean, if your quarterback play can back up what you have in the running back uh, core and the receiving core, and your offensive line can protect, holy cow! I mean, holy freaking cow! You are stacked. Yeah. And this is why Brian Kelly came to LSU. <laughs> So, hey, guys, been a really fun show. Glad to be able to get Reagan here, uh, at least for the last last few minutes, to get his take on the spring game, to get his take on the most jaw-dropping moment in his LSU history. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back to wrap up the show. Make sure you go follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Tigers Avenue for daily updates on the show and all things LSU sports. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to click off and hit that subscribe button at Tigers Avenue. We broadcast all of our shows live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. All right, guys. Thank y'all for joining us. As always, we appreciate y'all very much. I'm excited for this weekend, guys. I cannot wait to get to go watch LSU baseball team play on Friday night and get to meet a lot of you people. And I'm excited about the spring game, definitely. And, and again, getting to meet y'all, get to hang out. Y'all hit me up. Guys, we might be doing a giveaway during the, the middle of the week. I'm not sure on that yet. I do have an extra ticket to the Missouri game. It would be really awesome to get to have one of y'all join me and watch the game with me. Uh, so be looking for that, and we will see you next time in the Tigers Avenue. Peace, guys.